Henry sisters on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's and she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 88. I'm your host Greg Troxell. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg and follow the podcast at CHN underscore radio. This is the official Lil Longstaff episode and to join me in celebrating a glorious occasion this past weekend with our 1-0 victory over Manchester United, I bring you the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah. Newsome. Yes, we have a new chant for Matty Longstaff that we're starting. It goes like this. He's white. He's ginger. He's Matty Longstaff. That's all I got, actually. So, <laughs> Dang, I thought you were actually about to like just throw out a banger real quick. And Spit just, some fire? You just no, definitely you... didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, nope, not at all. Your expectations for me were high, and I failed you. Yeah. Just like the Atlanta Braves. Thank you very much. But, yes, um, it is Elijah, your boy. Follow me at Elijah underscore Newsome. Um, shout out to the people who followed me because Roberto Rojas retweeted my my uh, picture of him. Um, and I know Greg's about to ask how my weekend was um, because that's what the people want to hear. It was good. As you saw, uh, Roberto came to Atlanta, the best city in the world. Um, he got a chance to visit it. I took him to uh, New Realm Brewery. That was an experience for him, to say the least. Um, the real ones know about that. Um, and then we went to an Atlanta United match, which was always fun. And it's really cool because it's like a cultural melting pot there. And went to the tailgates, met a lot of people, and it was a good time. Greg, how was your weekend? I was great. I, I actually, it was one of the few weekends where I, I had nothing planned. So I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, um, just jerked it. Yeah, you know, just, <laughs> just absolutely just it's, took advantage. We're, we are two minutes in; it's already off the rails. Yeah, <laughs> it's a new record. Oh man, you know, I just had some great experiences. Just thinking about a world where Sean Longstaff and Maddie Longstaff would start together in a midfield seemed like such a dream, and then it happened, and then. Homie throws a banger in like that? Mm. Oh, my God. Preach on it. I'm and, and ready. And Greg to this. I low-key shot on the prospect of them starting together. I was like, I don't think Maddie Longstaff's ready for that. And I'm pretty sure I said this on the last podcast. I'll eat my words. I'll do it. Well, I, I was wrong. Yeah, but Maddie nobody expected. Uh, and, and he was ready. He he had, and I'm, I would easily contest anybody that would say otherwise, he had as good of a debut as Sean Longstaff had in his debut. No, you could argue better. Well, yeah, you could you could definitely. But, like, as full performance-wise, yeah. full performance like, they about had the same level of impact besides, like, yeah. Maddie hit the game winner. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was sick. And we'll talk a lot about that. Um, we'll do some club news first uh, before we get really into it. Make sure you go on iTunes, guys. Give us a five-star review. We actually... I'm not joking. We have a giveaway, and we're not getting five-star reviews. So once we hit 35 five-stars, we're going to announce a giveaway. So, like, just 
do it. I mean, it's if pretty we don't simple. hit thirty-five five stars, we're just going to give it away to me. Yeah, Elijah will get all the giveaways, which is going to be sick because the stuff we're giving away is dope. So yeah, it's actually pretty dope. So you're going to want it. Don't so be that if, person. Even if you're just curious to know what we're giving away, and like you've already left a review, tell your friends to leave a review. Greg gave us a really good tutorial on how to do it if you don't even use iTunes. And... Yeah, actually, Elijah, we're, you're going to have to steal your sister's phone and do that thing. Like that iTunes, that iPhones do, where it's like, this is how you leave us a five star review and then record it and then post it on our page. Maybe we should do that. Well, maybe I'll steal my mom's phone because my sister is currently in a different state. Oh, what state? Yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina. I knew yeah, that. That one. Well, actually, I'm gonna pick her up this weekend, so maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive into some news. Uh, we'll start with some. International call-ups. Um, so Uh-oh. check out the website, comminghomenewcastle.com. Uh, you'll be able to get updates on there, uh, and and we'll just update the, that article like daily, so you'll be able to get the fresh results every every morning. Um, but Miguel Amaran was called in for Paraguay. He has two friendlies against Serbia and Slovakia, both, both away, so he's just staying in Europe. Uh, Christian Atsu got called up. He's probably going to almost score in the Africa Nations Cup qualifiers. Uh, Martin Dubravka, he has a European Cup qualifier and then faces off against Miguel Amaran. Fun in a friendly. Emil Kraft got called up for Sweden, two European Cup qualifiers. Mo Sangare, Africa Nations Cup qualifier. He was called up for the first team. Fabian Cher, two European Cup qualifiers for Switzerland, and DeAndre Yedlin, we back, baby, for the CONCACAF Nations League against Cuba and Canada. Shout out to DeAndre Yedlin, who, like, in my opinion, I don't really know what he did to deserve a call-up since he hadn't played, but he made his, (laughs) he made it worth Greg's while, like, he played well on national TV, so everyone's excited about him returning to U.S. Men's National TV. Yeah, so well... Shout out to him. Also, yeah, this was the best performance by a wingback I've seen for Newcastle this season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I, the only other know, one I would I'm put up say, is Emil Kraft's day against Liverpool. Or no, yeah, was it Liverpool? I mean, also, I would say... Spurs, Spurs. Jetro Willems, that... the Well, actually, he didn't have a great rest of the match. But that oh, one match where he scored... Actually, Jetro was, had a hella game... Yes, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. Jetro we'll dominated also. Yeah, man. This was the best. This was the best time. This is the best performance from two wingbacks we've seen. Yeah, for sure. In years, yeah, in definitely. years, <laughs> not just the season. Um, so that that's our um, international call up. And I did sit here uh, about DeAndre Yedlin that he may play. Um, like substitute appearances, but it was more the call up was more of Greg Burhalter was like he just I just want him in with the squad and just like get used to playing in the system and just like get some chemistry build up. Uh, that's what people oh, are saying. Yeah. It's like more of that type of call up than a oh yeah he's our best fullback. Well, part of it is that Greg Burhalter and his system we're getting off the rails, but. I mean, it, DeAndre Yedlin doesn't currently fit in his system right yeah, now. Yeah, interesting. His his system requires our best holding midfielder in 20 years. Okay, maybe that's an overstatement. At least 10 years to be the right back, which 
It's just you can take that as you as you wish. That is certainly an interesting proposition by him. Bold statement. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where the analytics and this the fact that this guy came into one of the better best teams in Germany and just immediately started as a holding midfielder. And somehow Greg Berhalter saw that and said, that's my next right back. It's just, <laughs> it's an interesting prospect yeah. to think about. And honestly, let's not think about it. So is, is that it for international call-ups? Yeah. Now we're going to go to the BS meter, Elijah. Oh. I got one for you. You ready? Mm. I'm heading a little south to Nottingham. Oh. To the forest of Nottingham. Newcastle has been linked with Nottingham Forest center back. Joe Worrell. BS meter me. I had to take a drink because that just doesn't even sound like it's feasible. <laughs> I mean, that center back's the one position we don't need people. Yeah. And we're, this is like a, a guy coming from Nottingham Forest, but it does sound like a Steve Bruce signing because it's like a tough, gritty, lower league English signing. But, I mean... On the BS scale, it's probably like a like an elephant unloading after having uh, a night of Taco Bell. Oh, that is. Thank you. I wonder how many times, because I know this isn't the first time that we've referenced Taco Bell in the BS meter, um, but I think everyone gets the hint. Um, yeah, so apparently we're linked to him, which like makes no sense, because... I w- He's 22, though. I'm willing to bet that LaSalle's is better than this kid. But LaSalle's also came from Nottingham Forest, by the way. I would say that there, there, I would say there's a possibility that Newcastle have scouted this player. Because if you think about it, I mean, if you're looking at guys who could potentially be on their way out, Kieran Clark is one. Um, he's just an older center back, and then there's constantly got, constantly teams linked to him. Um, and this would be a decent replacement. You get a 22-year-old guy. There's not a lot of pressure on him to perform immediately because that front, that that back three is pretty much set. And then once Lejeune gets back, it'll be set even more, essentially. Um, so, I mean, in a weird way, it almost kind of makes sense because you could potentially, possibly, maybe see Kieran Clark leave in January. But then again, like you said, it makes no sense. Yeah, he's also a noted... Nottingham Forest supporter, like he's that's his boyhood club. He's cur- grown up there. He's always supported them. He's now playing for them, and they're like kind of doing really well. So like, I, it doesn't make sense that he would jump for a, a club that's going to be fighting off relegation when he could also be like a level higher than them next year. <laughs> as sad as this, I don't say. know, man. Steve Bruce's black and white armor, bro. Hey, we we there. Uh, next thing is Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, a bunch of Americans talking British politics. Whatever, yes, what everyone comes to this podcast for. That's what they. Want. <laughs> That's what the people want. Um, so Jeremy has a pretty interesting claim in, like, about football clubs, and he's kind of relating it to politics. AKA, he's trying to get more votes. Um, what what was he talking about, Elijah? What why would he bring up football clubs and specifically Newcastle United in his speeches or of recently, well, like literally yesterday? He's he's on the campaign trail. Oh yeah. So you know when people on the campaign 
campaign trail, they say a lot of things that, like, they probably won't, you know, actually say. Um, but, uh, basically, the Guardian were kind of the first to report about this. Essentially, Corbin um, was saying that he wants to enact a new policy about football club ownership that would potentially empower football fans across the country, essentially making it a law to give fans more say into how the clubs are run, to hold owners more accountable. Um, And you could look at this one of two ways, as a lofty promise that um, is meant to rile up support and get him clicks in the media, which is essentially what it did do. Or it could look at it as a legitimate um, kind of comparison to how um, a republic or a parliamentary system where you have representatives are supposed to work, where there's supposed to be a relationship between the community and the people running the country, um, and him kind of making some sort of analogy uh, using football clubs, especially in a town, because he was in Newcastle, I believe, when he made this, where like this is obviously a big issue. So um, all that to say, I wouldn't take this too seriously, um, but I don't know. Greg, do you have any... Any other thoughts? Yeah, so this is – I just have some quotes and, like, just another, like, my – like, I guess what he's trying to do. So some of the things he's enacted is that he would write a legislation to give supporters trusts, like the NUFC trust, for example. We had Alex on the pod talking about that. Um, that they every time the club changes hands, they would give supporters trust the right to purchase shares in the club. So, say, the owner sells – well, then it immediately, like, like there would be legislation that says that, that supporters' trust would have the right to purchase shares in Newcastle before the new owner takes over. Um, so, like, for instance, say, like, Newcastle said, okay, we're taking 5%. Well, now now they have a seat at the table. Every decision is made, um, which is, I think, could be a good idea. Um, yeah. they would also be expected to pay about 5% of everything. So there, there's a lot of responsibility that comes to that. Um, a couple quotes there, a football club is more than just a club. It is an institution at the heart of our communities. Uh, by the way, Jeremy Corbyn's an Arsenal fan. Uh, he said clubs are part of the social fabric fabric that binds us together. They're too important to be left in, in the hands of bad owners who put their business interests ahead of everything else marginalized supporters, and even put the financial security of clubs at risk. Um, he Lastly, he said, sport must be run in the interest of those who participate in it, follow it, and love it, not just for the privileged and wealthy few. We will ensure that supporters have a say about how their club is run and review how fans can have more say about how all of our sporting bodies are run. So just, uh, there's some other things, like... Uh, Five percent of the TV income for Premier League clubs has to go to grassroots, um, which I'm so for. Um, there's a lot of other things that he included, but uh, a, a big part of that, and he specifically referenced Newcastle United, <laughs> so pretty interesting stuff there. He even said Mike Ashley's name as an example. So good for you. Thanks for bringing awareness. Away the lot. Away. All right. We're going to take a break. Then we're going to talk about what, what we really want to talk about. And that's Newcastle United beating Manchester United 1-0. And we'll do that right after this. 
Maddie Effie Longstaff. Okay. I'm so hyped. No, that's how we were starting. I'm so hyped. All right. Um, okay. We're going to get to... Frank's hype, and he's completely sober. What? Just... It's it's oh. always... There's always a brown liquor special when we're recording. Uh, oh. um, so what are you sipping on? Oh, I'm, I'm sipping on a very exclusive limited edition scotch right now, actually. Oh, okay. From the... That's going to make what I am sipping on seem like shit, so... What, well, go. then what are you doing first? Old Forester 100 Proof. Oh, well, that's... Which is my favorite... Old Forester, readily available. Okay. Uh, thing they have so far. Um, so, well, like that's really good though. Yeah, I mean it's delicious. Well, I'm drinking. It is, yeah, it's if it, we've talked about this before, but Old Forester is an elite, affordable bourbon. Yes, it is one of the best um, out there, hands down. It's also one of the few companies that were able to stay alive during prohibition in the united states shout out to them yep uh okay so i'm drinking highland park which is the most northern distillery in scotland and they made a limited edition scotch called vikings honor and i'm sipping on that smoky delicious delight and it tastes like pillaged village yes it tastes like what Matty Longstaff did to Manchester United. And it tastes glorious. All right, mm. let's get into three words. <laughs> uh, we have good ones, as always, because y'all are awesome. Uh, and we... Oh. Oh, I think y'all Maybe are awesome. Not. And it started with Toon Army Portland, the meme king, as I call him. Oh, no, the GIF king is how he should be called. He's pretty good at memes, too, I guess. But Jeff's is his is his bread and butter, or hers. Um, actually, I know it's a him. So yeah, him. Tunari Portland says Newcastle's getting drunk. Correct. Jeff can at Jeff can four suck it, Man U. I like how he kept Man U into one word there. <laughs> so it's suck it, Manu. <laughs> suck it, Manu. So what do you have against Manu? <laughs> uh, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney twelve says Brucey's less shite. A little change well, into the typical. Yeah. Trevor, stick to your brain. Right? <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Toon Army Denver at Mile High Magpies. Maddie is mint. Don at Smick Ultra says Maddie's long staff. True. Brett Price at Brady Bungity. Positive home result. Mm. Richard Naylor at Richard 449-1746. Four seven six. I couldn't even read it right. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. Brian Gardner at Brian Gardner ten. Away the Longstaffs. That's how I'm going to close out the pod today. Thanks, Brian. Um, David Hatch at David with an odd spelling underscore Hetch. Maddie. David with a Y. Yeah. Um, Maddie effing Longstaff. Let's go. Like, I love that the three words can really, like, if you don't watch any second of the match and you just read our three word submissions, you know exactly how that match went. That's my favorite part about this. Like, you can easily tell that Maddie Longstaff scored. We beat Manchester United at home. Just from reading these three words. No, You have no comments, Elijah? You're just going to stay silent? 
on this obvious I mean, greatness from our listeners? I don't feel like I don't really say much during three words. So Okay. You were just I, drinking. I don't know what you want me to add to it. Good job, guys. <laughs> Let's move into it then. We'll start with our lineups. Elijah, what do you think? Man, um, well, there were rumors on Saturday evening. Really? I, honestly, I'm... Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I distinctly remember saying this on the podcast that Matty Longstaff could start. You, you did. But it was... Okay, thank you. But, so there were rumors, and I wasn't really for it, not going to lie. But once I saw the lineup, I felt fine. Um, and essentially, Newcastle went with a five-in-the-back formation. Um, and one thing that's important to note, which I... Again, cannot remember if this came out before the podcast or after we recorded. But at the end of the week last week, Steve Bruce essentially literally admitted that he would be returning to Rafa Benitez's tactics because the players couldn't figure out his tactics, which I don't think that's the truth. I think that the players realized that his tactics were not good or they just were confused at his lack of tactics. Um, And nonetheless, we reverted back to a five-in-the-back formation um, a true five in the back formation with DeAndre Yedlin and Jetra Williams as our wing backs, Cher LaSalle's and Kieran Clark, who had himself a day but was a surprise addition somewhat to the uh, team. Miguel Almiron on the right, Sean Longstaff and Maddie Longstaff in the middle with Alan St. Maxman on the left, or St. Gucci Max, and then Joel Intune, um was, was starting up top, which is cool. And, and from the Man U side, you could tell it was a rotated side just due to injury. Um, their back line was interesting, to say the least, but still a solid back line. Ashley Young, uh, Harry Maguire, the 100 million pound man. Um, Axel Tenzube, who is just supposedly this really promising young uh, Manchester United uh, Academy product. And to be fair, he is good. Um, and Diego Dello, who is a very good signing they've got. Scott McTominay and Fred were in the midfield, which is a solid midfield. The the prodigy Daniel James uh, with Juan Mata and Andres Pereira with Marcus Rashford up top and De Gea in goal. Um, so Man, Man United, not Man City, Man United put out a decent lineup. It was rotated, but on paper, that team should be beating a Newcastle team given the circumstances. Yeah, I have to say, when I saw this, my initial reaction when I saw the lineup is like wow! I really love this lineup. Yeah, it was a good like lineup. we had we had five. It was five changes, which you just went over. But like, I love the speed in that lineup. Like DeAndre Yedlin, Almiron, Jolentune, Jetro Willems, Jetro, Gucci Max, Maddie Longstaff. Like, there's a ton of speed in that, and not not a lot of people in the Premier League can not a lot of clubs in the Premier League can match that speed. And I'm being legitimately honest about that. And that's that's part of the why, like in our previews, like I was very hopeful in our attacking three, because of the speed. And like I didn't even mention in our in our season preview, like also having, well, I did kind of mention Yedlin, but we didn't really talk about Jetro being involved in that speed. And obviously, we didn't yeah. talk about Matty Longstaff being in that. I actually said that yeah, he wouldn't honestly, make I was... a debut in the Premier League this year, so. Yeah, I was about to call you out on yeah. that, but you, you called yourself out on it, so good, good on you. I mean, and to be fair, I'm not going to lie, when you said Maddie Longstaff and Speed, I had to think about it for a second, because I was like, 
is he really fast? And then you thought about it, and he had he had a bit of a pace to him. Yeah, he's I mean, you just, actually you quick. Think, yeah, you don't really think white ginger guy and fast <laughs> when you're talking anything, actually. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, hey, shout out to Chris McGlynn. He's a fast white ginger, so he's uh he's doing doing well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was it was like it was definitely the happiest I've been this season from a lineup, and and a lot of it's because like. We finally started St. Gucci Max and Almiron together. Holy crap, why did it take so long? I know Gucci Max was injured, but Jesus. Well, <laughs> well uh, it happened before. It did? Oh, I didn't even realize. Did. <laughs> yeah, but you have to remember St. Gucci Max went off injured oh, after like the, 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, see, it doesn't So count. it did happen. And for those brief 15 minutes, Newcastle were the most dangerous they had looked all season. Yeah. And then St. Gucci Max got, he had to get he had to get taken off. So, yeah, it was one of those things you forget about it. And then, like, you remember, like, oh, yeah, that's the one time we looked really good this season. Yeah. Go figure. And we had one more thing that we need to talk about. Dwight Gale okay. was on the bench. It was. Wearing number 12. Yeah. <laughs> just shout out to him just like absolutely cucked out of his original <laughs> number nine number just absolutely just like you hate to see it it's kind of funny like like but two seasons in a row he just hasn't had the number nine that he got as a permanent signing just due to like other people uh, getting it while he was not technically on the roster yeah which is just kind of funny that's very odd very odd all right, let's get into the match. And it, it kicked off right away. Newcastle made a difference. And it's it's up to the older brother who put it down. Uh, it was Sean Longstaff who absolutely just bossed McTominay, sent St. Gucci Max away, and who – that this boy can dribble, y'all. Like, he has that Ben Arfa-esque to him. So good. It was awesome watching him. Um, he laid it off to Almiron. And then he broke into the area, and his cross was blocked, went out for a quarter, and when it was cleared. But, like, that immediate impact, I was like, all right, we're ready. Like, we're ready. Let's go. Uh, we set up in a 3-4-2-1 um, formation. So, like Elijah was saying, right, that Rafa, Rafa-esque setup, um, the original Rafa with Yedlin in there. Uh, but it really suited Jetro. It really did. So, yeah. The whole first part of the game, there was, there, it, it was about thirty minutes before we actually got our first chance. But Newcastle and Manchester United were going toe to toe. Man U were had most of the possession, uh, probably a significant amount of it, but they weren't creating anything from their possession. They were just sitting back on the ball, passing it around, just waiting for that chance. And when we took the ball, we went straight at them, like straight counterattack. Our first one was. Matty Longstaff's almost first goal. Man. Like, think about it. He could have had two. Um, yeah. Old Matty, he's about 20 yards out. <laughs> and he passes it to St. Gucci. And then Gucci passes it back on a quick give and go. And just crushes the bar. Like, absolutely slaughters that crossbar rattles it oh my gosh and it was dipping down too oh it would have been perfect <laughs> it would have been absolutely perfect. cracking shot there Lance. hey there we go um and then right after that like literally the next minute sean longstaff curler low into the corner and then Cher runs to the front post and tries to get it and it just like goes to the top of the net and i was like oh my god like come on guys 
Because, like, Newcastle and Elijah, I know you, this is a frustrating thing. Like, how many chances do we have to miss in the beginning of the games to lose one nothing, Or, like, to never actually score when, when we're on the front foot? Uh, it's happened a lot. Or flip it, flip it. How many times do we score absolute bangers in the first 10 <laughs> minutes to only lose yeah, the match? Yeah, yeah. Um, Shout out to Jetro Williams. Jetro. Uh, yeah, so halftime, we probably should have been up at halftime. Um, Manchester United didn't have any chances. We had two clear ones. Um, oh, 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 my gosh. You forgot yeah, the, the clearest oh one. Oh, my gosh. So, I, we the just, reason why you we should do this have one. been up one. No. You do this one. Well, um, so I think it was St. Maximin who played the ball over the top to Alvaro. It was. But – it was a counterattacking chance, um, and uh, we can kind of get into this later, but I tweeted this out, but it is like like we predicted. I mean, it's almost like Greg and I are really good at what we do because we predicted this exact issue of when you're dealing with Newcastle with the front three of Joel Linton, Amron, and St. Maxman, you can't, you can't divert all your attention to like one of them because the other two are going to punish you, and this was the perfect example of that. St. Maxman had been this whole match had been just absolutely just dominant in terms of dribbling and going and attacking the center back so that when he got the ball, pretty much their midfield and defense swarmed towards him and he was able to play a ball over the top to Almiron, who is wide open, one on one V the keeper, and it was on the wrong side of him, but that was because of where St. Maxman was on the field. You can't really fault anyone for that. Um and so Miguel takes a touch to get it on his onto his favorite left foot, and then takes another touch to control the bounce. And by that time, the keeper is pretty much able to cut out um, any sort of angle. It's De Gea. It's not like you're playing Matt Ryan or um, Adrian. You're playing David De Gea, who is one of the best keepers in the world. So he completely closed down that angle, and just it ended up being a ricochet off De Gea. But just it was the first real example of how powerful it was to have three genuine threats up top, um, which is really cool to see um, as a fan. And it gave me a little bit of hope um, going forward. Yeah, that that was awful. Ugh. And like, and we were talking about this before, like that's something in MLS, he takes two touches there and scores easily. But he's been up long enough where he needs yeah. to know, like you, you don't have that time. Uh, a Premier League center back is way better, way better than an MLS and, center and, back. Like MLS is great attacking talent; they have bad defending talent. <laughs> yeah, um, because because of the stupid roster structure. Yeah, where like pretty much you can only you you have to pick and choose how you spend money, and obviously owners spend money on attack and not defense. Attacking so goal sell tickets, really great attacking players. Yeah, and and the center backs have need just, leave much to be desired. So like. He has yeah, a lot. He had a lot of time in MLS. UConn and St. Mary's and Holy Cross, West Virginia. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so so he he. I mean, that was miserable. I he, I just feel so bad, man. Like every like, I feel like every Newcastle fan like it just hurts them every time he gets a chance like that and misses. Um, it's yeah, not and, just us. And to that point, it was kind of funny because he it it kind of seemed like after that he got the. It, it finally clicked for him that like oh I can't take an extra touch and it was just like he tried to one time every shot <laughs> yeah it was just like freaking like oh I don't even it's like you have loads of space 
and you can take another touch, but he's like, no, hit it first time, and it's like they're going wide. There, it, it was, it was kind of funny. Yeah, um, I'm actually I mean, fine in the with moment, that. It wasn't funny. No, I, I even in the moment for me, uh, and I know I'm odd, but in the moment for me, I was like, yes, keep doing that because one of them's bound to go in. Like yeah. it, I'm fine with Amaron doing that. If Atsu was doing that, I'd have a little bit more of a problem. <laughs> like Atsu, because like he knew that Atsu wouldn't. Score. Yeah, Atsu's only going to almost score. But yeah, like it would hit the post. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with just giving Amaron the green light from this point forward until it just happens. Um, he just need he just needs it. And like Chris Wolf said on our show, like the longer he goes, the more concerning it's going to get. So like, let's just give him the green light and be like, hey, Miggy, if you get the ball near the box, just fire it away. Unless there's a clear like for sure passing opportunity goal, just shoot it. And like yeah. one of them's going to hit. Like you're going to get it. Um, it, he's clearly to, getting to the opportunities. Credit, it it low key seemed like that because I feel like the only time he actually gave up an opportunity to score was when he uh, he tried to cross like that first chance you were talking about that was blocked. That felt like the only time he did not try to shoot on goal, and even then it was kind of hard to tell whether that was a shot or a cross. But it, it honestly did seem like Bruce had told him, "Hey, just shoot whenever." Like. I mean, essentially, you're going to have the space. You're going to have the opportunities to shoot. And, I mean, to his credit, he did. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, second half started. It was just pretty bad. <laughs> the, the, first, yeah. the first 15 minutes of the second half were just uh, – we could have just easily been fine skipping over that one. But um, Manchester United did have the advantage, and they had a couple chances within those first 15 minutes. Uh, the first clear chance for Newcastle came from came just after the hour mark and just after uh, Jolentoon was subbed out for Andy Carroll, which was a pretty early substitution, I thought, uh, which was exciting because of Andy Carroll. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. It, it, it someone tweeted like it felt like Steve Bruce was like because the crowd was electric, and then towards the in the beginning of the second half when both teams kind of looked pretty bad, the crowd kind of tapered off and then they saw Andy Carroll warming up and they got back into it <laughs> yeah. so some people were predicting that this was a a ply to get the, the crowd back in the match and honestly don't hate that move if that's the case and it kind of felt like that because I mean Joel Linton didn't play well but it wasn't to his fault yeah because it was like he his hold-up play was okay but I mean it wasn't like we were booming down on the counter and creating a ton of chances and putting him in positions to score. It just was just not a match where he saw a lot of the ball. So it's not yeah. his fault by any means. No. Um, 64th minute came by and Matty almost got his first assist. Um, it was started by Yedlin. Great forward movement down the right. He laid it off to Matty. Old little long staff curled a ball towards Carroll. And I thought it was it. I thought it was it. Yeah. I thought it was going to happen, but and it was a just bullet off of Carroll's head, but it went over the bar. I was like, I was, oh my god! Could you imagine, like, if Maddie still got his goal, but also got an assist to Andy Carroll? Like, gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I, I genuinely thought that was the moment. It was like I was like Andy Carroll's coming on, and he's going to score a goal, and like St. James is going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was gonna be a pop similar to when Rondon scored that thunderous header to put us to like pretty much seal the deal for a game last season and like say James was rocking. It was gonna be like that. Yeah. Um 
one thing of note by this point, we're a little like about 70 minutes in share had like unlimited interceptions in this match. Just wanted to just mention that. Cause we haven't mentioned him yet. He was like a world-class center back once again, but actually not for scoring, but for actually doing his job, like extremely well. Um, I forgot Marcus Rashford was even in the game. It was, it was insane. Uh, then the goal happened guys. It was already an amazing debut. He already hit the post, already almost had an assist. He was literally nonstop running, and he ran more than anyone else in the entire match. He covered more ground than any other player. Matty Longstaff, a.k.a. Lil Longstaff, got it on the counter. St. Gucci Max starts it. He came right through the center of Manchester United's defense, laid it off for Jetro. He cut back inside, laid it off to old Matty. Banger. Low. Inside the post. Goal. one nothing. Newcastle United. The local lad does it. Mm. How do you think about What do you feel? Tell me your feelings. To, to quote Warren, I feel like this is something Warren Barton would say. that The, the lad was always looking to score. Mm. And it looked like Newcastle were, was, was going to score at some point. And it was just nice that it was such a banger. And for, it was just everything about that moment was perfect. It was a great goal. It was by Matty Longstaff. It was just, uh, it was perfect. National televised game. They're talking about the Longstaff brothers the whole time. And Matty scores. And he just is like so overwhelmed with emotion that if you watch the clip, he couldn't even, he honestly didn't even know whether to like celebrate or like just cry. Like he was just in, it was in a very emotional moment. And easily probably going to be my favorite goal of the season like i'm already calling it it's <laughs> going to be my favorite goal of the season um my question for you is if matt Ritchie was on the pitch how many limbs would maddie longstaff have left dude maddie longstaff <laughs> would literally he would be like that i know this is this is a bit dated for you but maybe our younger listeners may know this uh there's an episode of spongebob where he sells chocolates and like there's a lady in a wheelchair and she's just like she looks like a shriveled up worm That'd be that'd be Matty Longstaff after that. That's just like no bones, just like Matt Ritchie would have just pummeled him to death. Yeah. Just everything's broken, he'd look like a shriveled up more. <laughs> um, for the for the rest of the match, it was like Manchester United tried to attack. They never got close. Uh they could they literally could not do anything. Um it ended one nothing. Massive win for Newcastle. We got out of the relegation zone. Um and you had two local brothers in the middle of the pitch, and Andy Carroll up top is how you ended it. Uh, that's that's pretty. That's a pretty awesome story. And for me, and and I'd love to hear your thoughts after this. Uh, like you have to give credit to Steve Bruce here. He the, yeah. the plan worked. Uh, you did something that got all of us excited, which we haven't done much of yet. And like it's okay to take somebody else's strategy that was successful and use it like that's yeah. completely fine to do it worked in fact we suggested it <laughs> we did multiple times to do that like you we, we you know what works with this squad you don't have to do anything different and honestly if he does this the whole way and we do well and we finish 12th we're gonna love steve bruce after that because yeah like and like if he t- takes takes all of rafa's ideas that's fine just like give us a good year. We know what works, and it's this. So just hold us over to the fat man sales. That's all we're asking. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. Any thoughts for you before we move on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just in, in general, um, like you said, I mean, the, you, you, you use Rafa's tactics and it works to the best of their ability, but I cannot hammer down the point how excited I am to see this front three operate because, like, the chances will come just due to the fact each one of them draws attention for different reasons. And you kind of saw flashes of that throughout this match where Joel Linton's hold-up play was able to free St. Maximin in order to, to, to dribble and go 1v1 versus defender. Or St. Maximin's taking on two defenders and getting past them. And that leaves 1v1 opportunities for Joel Linton and Miguel Amiron. And Miguel Amiron's speed is just is just a another cause for concern on the counter for defenses like this three together is going to cause a problem um for a lot of defenders in the Premier League and it's exciting that we saw a first glimpse of that against I would say not a bad back line I think that the back line that Manchester United put down although there was a couple of rotations a couple rotated people in there there's still a better back line than like a lot of the Premier League, and yes, they haven't been the most functional as of recent, but it's still talent-wise, like, still very solid. You have very good defenders there. Um, so I- I'm excited, man, just to see how these three um, play together, and it's only going to get more and more exciting the more and more they play together. Yeah, yeah. I Well said, Elijah. Two more things. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, I remembered. I remembered. <laughs> um, two things. Thank you to the Longstaff's father, David. Um, have more sons if you're into it. Hmm. Uh, he, they do have another sibling, and it's uh, the girl. And hmm. just watch out for any, like, England's women's team. It's probably going to be nasty soon. Or whatever sports she's playing, because David first is actually girl to play for the Newcastle men's first. Team. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, maybe Newcastle women's is about to go to the Champions League or something. But uh, David's a really great hockey player, and he actually is a player coach in England for the Whitley Warriors. And he had a game that day, and Maddie he said this in the post game interview that he was going to go play for his team. He's a player coach, so like you understand it. And Maddie was like, well, how many times are you going to see both your sons starting a Premier League match against Manchester United? And he was like, you, you kind of got a point there. So he didn't show up to his own game that he is a player and coach of, showed up to the match, and then Maddie, Maddie throws in a banger. So that's probably a, such a that. cool moment for him. Uh, so it's I, a great moment. Yeah. So really cool to see. Also, there were some rumors that Mike Ashley was with him. That wasn't Mike Ashley, like not even close. So cool, cool story there. But Mike Ashley was there. I, I that is something that no, I, I don't think he was. No, I think he was. Uh, I think it's everyone thought it was him, but it definitely wasn't. No, I'm saying Mike. I I think that no, I I see what you're saying. I think that Mike Ashley was there, just watching, not with his dad. Oh, I don't think he was, but who knows? Someone else find out for us. Yeah. Because I saw some things that said he were there, but I never saw anything that said he was there with dad, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think he was there. But either way, What's your opinion? let's go to quotes. Um, 
first off, if you didn't see the right after the match interview with Sky and both Longstaffs, you just got to. It's whole, yeah, it's amazing. YouTube that much. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. Steve Bruce said, when you lose badly, everyone comes under the pump. That's a weird sentence. Just, just going to leave that in a – just together. Thankfully, we responded for a young kid to make his debut and blast one in from 20 yards is something else. I've waited something like 20 years for a result against Manchester United. <laughs> I'm delighted for everybody. What we needed was a response after last week, and that was there for everyone to see. All you can do is answer your critics by getting a result. We knew this run was going to be difficult. I hope this is the turning point. I know I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but the nonsense that flies around is insulting. Hopefully this helps the cause. To beat a club of Manchester United size is always a special thing, considering the start we've had and the teams we've played, eight points, we'll accept it. Okay. I have a quote for you. Okay. This is from your favorite journalist, Luke Edwards. He says, I hope the same people who have been slaughtering Steve Bruce have the decency to say, well done when he gets it right. Long way to go, but eight points from eight games is a decent start. Two excellent wins, two symbolic defeats, and a few mediocre results in between. I mean, that's pretty accurate. (laughs) I mean, it's accurate, but it's funny. Because, like, he just completely ignores the fact that Steve Bruce himself said, I will not be using my tactics this week. I will be using the tactics of Rafa Benitez. Which is, like we said, completely fine, but like Luke Edwards is acting like Steve Bruce is this genius that's like had these has telegraphed these two wins against top tier sides when it turns out both of the teams we beat are having probably the worst seasons they've had in the past ten years. So yeah. um, there's that <laughs> as well. Uh one more Stevie quote. He said he was talking about the long staffs. He said, they are a very proud family for one of your sons to be playing, let alone the two, and 19 and 21 years old. It's something else. When it fell to him, talking about Matty, I thought I've seen him drill them in in training, but to do it on the big stage. And he just stopped there and just shook his head, nodding. So uh, really cool to see. It was incredible. Um, Sean Longstaff was quoted, said, it's unbelievable. I was speaking to Yeds. That's DeAndre. Walking oh, across the – Yeah, Yeds. Yeds. I was speaking to Yeds, walking across the pitch, and he said, it's so crazy that you're going to play together. And when he said it, it sort of hit me a little bit. And I think you can see it lift – the lift he gave everyone. He was buzzing about, tackling people, and he was unbelievable. And he gave everyone a massive lift. He gave probably the whole place a lift, to be honest. I'm over the moon for him. If I'm being honest, he's been unlucky to be out of the team, but today he's been a breath of fresh air. So super cool. Yeah, head there. Yeah, super cool that they were able to experience that. Love it. Um, I love every minute of that. That was that's probably one of the best quotes you'll get of the season. I mean, yeah, you might want to record that. <laughs> well, technically this is being recorded, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that is that is some quote, man. Yeah, really cool. All right, so we're going to get into stats, but there's one question that I had that's kind of statty. It's not really, but, like, you can argue it. So if before the season I asked you, Elijah, or I told Mm -hmm. you that Newcastle United would have beaten Spurs on the road and Manchester United at home in October, we're in October, and that's already happened, and at the current point, we're ahead of Watford and Everton. 
and one point behind Manchester United and three points behind Spurs, what place would you say we're in? It's tough because I never was really high on Watford. So I would say... But were you high on Everton? Because we're ahead of both. I was high on Everton. So I would say eighth because I would be shocked that Everton would be outside of the top ten. But here we are, and Everton are in the relegation zone, <laughs> Yes. Which is just... No, that's crazy, because I was thinking, when I, I literally asked, I, like, kind of just recapping on the season so far, and I was like, holy crap, like, I would have said 6th, 7th, or 8th, easily. Yeah. Um, So it's pretty insane to, like, <laughs> like how much the Premier League changes sometimes. Um, yeah. And it, this is, it's, it, I think... Before this match, I mean, and still probably after this match, I'll still be frustrated. But I think one of the most frustrating things about the start of the season is that there has been so much, um, how do I put this, uh, just like uncertainty with certain teams. Uh, you're looking at Tottenham, Everton, Manchester United, uh, teams that like for sure in years past would have um, been teams above Newcastle, but like under the Steve Bruce tactics, it feels like, it almost feels like we could be, like, if we had Rafa, we could be in a better position than we are now. Not saying that being out of the relegation zone is a bad position, but it feels like just the discipline of Rafa tactics, we weren't, we wouldn't be losing matches or we would have drawn some of the matches we lost or won some of the matches we drew. It, it just seems like we could have been a, potentially a top 10 team right now just based on the fact that some of the, Sure, top ten teams are just not performing. Yeah, does that make sense? Definitely. Or am does. I just rambling? No. Yeah. Okay. Good. You're you're on it. All right. So let's get to some stats. Um, Maddie and Sean Longstaff became the second set of brothers to play alongside each other in the Premier League for Newcastle United. Who is the other set of brothers? You know, it's crazy. You've asked me this before, and I still well, just do not know the answer. There's there's been different variations of this question. Because it's brothers that have both appeared for the club at separate times. There's been, like, there's that thing, um, which we've okay. asked in different areas. But actually, in the same game, brothers that started and played together, it's only happened one other time in our history. And you know that, you know who they are. Okay. Here's the crazy thing, Greg. I don't. So yes, you're you just going to have to tell me. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Just guess the most recent brother combo that you can think of. Uh, Amiobi. Yes, you're correct. Oh, okay. Well, Shola there. and Sammy. All right. Um, they were featured at Chelsea on May 2011. Okay. Or, wow, 2011. 2011. Well, let's, hope, <laughs> let's hope that the Longside brothers are almost as good as the Amiobi brothers. <laughs> They're already better. Well, then the, the combo, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was that was the only time that in the Premier League two brothers played in the same match together. Um, for Newcastle. Yeah, for Newcastle. Matty Longstaff became the 236th different player to represent Newcastle in the Premier League. So congrats to him. He is the eighth Magpie to score on his Premier League debut. And he is the youngest to do so. Mm-hmm. Elijah. <laughs> Who are the other seven players <laughs> to score on their um, debut? Shoot, I you uh, could guess two of them. Orlando Aaron's. No, no, but that's that's know. not a bad guess. 
Okay. You definitely know who like, you definitely know who two of the players are, but it doesn't mean like you'll guess them. Um but I'll get some of the older ones out of the way. We got Alex Matthew for Sheffield Wednesday okay. in ninety three. Nope. Les Les Ferdinand. <laughs> I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> Les Ferdinand versus Coventry City in ninety five. Still wasn't born yet. Stefan Guivarch versus Liverpool in ninety eight. Duncan mm. Ferguson versus Wimbledon in ninety eight. Cisco. Versus Hall City in 08. And then the last three, one of them is Matty Longstaff, and the other are two active oh, is it players. No, not Perez. Um, man, okay. All Perez right, like Here, here's, my, here's my hint. One of the players is abroad, and one of the players just won the Champions League. All right, so Torvino, why now? <laughs> yes. At home. Yep. Obviously. That <laughs> was my next regardless because it just seems like he would like cuz he only scored at home and he only scores at home to be honest. And one player's abroad, uh Hatim Ben Arfa. Nope. Nope. Um Sim De Jong. <laughs> no. I like all these guesses though. I'll give you one more. Uh here's my other hint. He's a striker. Okay. Okay. Uh Mitrovic. No. Oh, another good one. Thank you. Uh, it's Papi Cisse. Damn. That was gonna, that was literally, <laughs> I was thinking, it's probably going to be Cisse or Mitrovic, and I was like, or let me just I, go Mitrovic. I would have guessed, like, Demba Ba, too. Like, yeah, Demba Ba's a good shot. Yeah, yeah. but, yeah, uh, I remember that game vividly. Uh, ba started the game, scored pretty early. Aston Villa got, uh, got a second goal or tied it up, and then we brought in Cisse, and he probably had, like, 47 shots in the 30 minutes he was in the game and finally scored yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty cool. Just eight players have ever done it, and we just did it with a 19-year-old white ginger kid. Yeah, just <laughs> wild. And it's crazy because, like, if you, had given, if you had given me all the signings Newcastle made in the past three years, I probably would have guessed Almiron would have scored on his debut. Yeah. It'd be Almiron and Joel Linton. And then probably Alan St. Maximin. And then, like, there's just no way I would have included Matty Longstaff coming up and, and doing what he did. And, I mean, it, it's – he had such a good game, and it went beyond the goal. And you kind of touched on it, but just, like, his energy throughout the match just was something that Newcastle lacked in their midfield for a while. And – It'll be interesting to see what happens when Hayden comes back. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Uh, a couple more stats. I got a good chunk of them for you. This was the 49th Premier League meeting between Newcastle and Manchester, and we have won seven of those 49 meetings. 28 defeats, 14 draws. Um, Stevie Bruce reached 400 Premier League games. That's 112 wins, 111 draws, and 177 losses. Uh, he has also managed against Manchester United 23 times, and that was his first win. Um, just three of our 11 that started were on Newcastle the last time we beat Manchester United. Do you know who wow. that was? <laughs> do you know, do you saying, are you asking me who I know, do I know? The, who, who are those three? Are? Yeah. Um, it was February of 2018. So, Paul Dummett, so not that long ago. Paul Dummett, John no. Joe Shelby, and Jamal Lascelles. You got one of them as Lascelles. 
Wait. And and yeah, I mean they like they've been on the side, but actually played in the game, like started. Okay, that okay. Sorry, yeah, so yeah. that's where I got the confusion. I was like, I, I can figure out who is on the team. Yeah, yeah. All right, so played in the game. Yeah, this is February 2018. of twenty eighteen. Um. So you, they had, to, is they had to have played in both matches, is what you're saying. Yep. Okay. Had to play. DeAndre Yedlin. Yep, you're correct. And then Martin Dubrovka. Yep, you got it. Yep, right. Dubrovka Yeti. Was that is that what Longstaff called him Yeti? Yeah, Yeti. Yeds. 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 That's it. I love that. Yeds. Yeah. So Doobie Yeds and Shelly. <laughs> she- well, there's no nickname for Shelby besides Voldemort. No, Shelly Lascelles. Nope, Voldemort. Lascelles. All right, never mind. I will die on the Voldemort Hill. Um, no, no, I'm talking about Lascelles. What's a nickname for Lascelles? And I said uh, Shelly. Big J. <laughs> big J. Uh, big ticket. <laughs> so we had a nice little goal drought going on. Uh, we it was 335 minutes was a goal drop goal drought before Matty Longstaff scored. Um, we've scored five goals in our opening eight Premier League matches. Five different players. <laughs> um, we have a sixth goal in the League Cup. Thank you, Muto. And we've never scored more than one goal in a match. All right. So are you ready for my stats, Greg? Yes. And then I'll do 538. All right. So um, let's pull these. Great pod. Oh, yeah. All right. So there are two players that um, covered more ground than any other players in the match. Um, Can you guess them? Uh, well, Maddie Longstaff. Okay, that's had, one of had them. the most. My second okay. one guess would be Miguel Amaron. No, it's Sean Longstaff. Oh, both, okay. They both were over eleven kilometers, which is Gosh. insane. But also makes sense because they were going to midfielders. But Miguel Amaron's a, a very good shout. He probably was third. All right, and then here's my other my other stats. Um, are kind you of know, Manchester United related. You know, eleven kilometers. It's almost seven miles. Which is insane, and I don't think I've ever run seven miles in my life. So, um, dang, yeah. Shout out to me for being out of shape and fat. Eleven point <laughs> seven, which is what Maddie ran, was six was six point eight miles. That's insane. That's just <laughs> literally absurd, and it's hard to imagine that he keeps up that that rate. But I mean, you never know in the Premier League. You never know with the Longstaffs because I didn't think Sean Longstaff could follow up an amazing. Um, performance against Liverpool, and he did, and it has be, and then turned out to be the hottest prospect in English football <laughs> yeah. for this past transfer window. So, um, anyway, uh, the other thing I want to point out is um, this is something that I saw from Manchester United Twitter, um, and I had to do some deep digging. Um, one of the stats you pulled, you actually mentioned, um, Harry Maguire missed a sitter during a corner piece, um, a corner like a set piece. It was a corner. Um, an absolute sitter. Um, he's a hundred million pound signing, uh, and that's just unfortunate. And um, then the other thing is that the striker that um, Manchester United put out um, is paid two hundred k a week um, to score goals. Uh, Marcus Rashford and didn't even register a shot on target. So that's he also had the least touches in the entire match. Yeah, just not great match from you know 200k 
Town signing. And then um, something else to point out is um, a lot of people got on McTominay because he had he had not a great match, but I feel like, and I saw someone else tweet this, and I had to agree. You have to put some pressure on guys like Juan Mata, who just scored, who just signed a new contract, and he's making almost 200k a week um, in a renegotiation. I mean, then Fred, who was a 50 million pound signing, for also just having terrible matches, and that just wasn't talked about by the national media or any of the Manchester United fans. So I just felt the need to point that out as well. Yeah, um, McTominay is softer than Charmin. Yeah. But that's still that's a direct not quote as bad from me. as Fred and Juan Mata, <laughs> who are veterans who should be um, performing, especially against essentially a relegation um, side in Newcastle. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> lovely, great stats, Elijah. Thanks. Yeah, um, five thirty-eight. They predict how the season's going to go for. The rest of the year, it is getting dicey. We we actually just dropped back to the bottom three for the first time before the match. We're back it out. Doesn't make sense. We're back oh. out. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, before yeah. the match, and now we're back out barely. So we are. We're they're predicting us to finish in seventeenth on, on forty points. Uh, the bottom three, it's going to be really tight the way they're predicting it. So they have bottom is Norwich, which is crazy to think about after the wins they've had against us and Manchester City. Yeah, <laughs> um, they have six points, and that's that's it. Um, they have they have them finishing on thirty five points and finishing bottom. Watford next with thirty six points. Aston Villa next with thirty nine, and then us and Sheffield United at forty. Uh, so they're expecting it like five points between safe and last. That's that's scary. But they have Norwich with a fifty one percent chance of being relegated, and Watford forty six. Newcastle right now sitting at a 32% chance, which is higher than we were at any point last season. Um, yeah. So just to give an idea, it's, it's going to be a fight, at least 538 predicting that it would be. All right, so we'll move to best worst player. I don't think anybody deserves a worst player. Do you? Do you have anything of note there? I Honestly, don't. Honestly, no. I yeah. mean, every single – I mean, I want to say this. I would, I'd like to just give a shout out to the back line because I feel like I had the highest expectation on them to have someone who would perform like not to the, to the standard that I, I'd like as Newcastle fan, but I mean, they all were just so great. Even Karen Clark, who just somehow ended up in the team, they all were great. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. No worse player. Let's move on to best player. All right. Ignore the voice crack. I'm gonna go first, and it's okay. it's Lil Longstaff. He yeah. absolutely dominated. He had almost a goal, a goal, and almost an assist. Um, pretty incredible. Covered the most ground. He was just constantly running. He's an absolute workhorse. Uh, that's exactly what you want in a three-four, two-one setup. Uh, you need you need two midfielders that are absolutely just gonna just they're they're like it's almost like the imagery might be weird here, but like think of like the center of a spider web almost. Like if you move yeah. the spider web and like if you grab a center of a spider web and move it together, like it all stays connected though. Like if but mm-hmm. if you like yank it too far out, it's done. Um, and th- 
but you have to be able to be flexible enough to just move around that area to keep everything connected. And that's what Maddie did. And that's what Sean did too. Uh, it was an incredible performance for him. And it does really remind me of Sean's debut. Uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to disagree with that, that statement. I mean, Maddie Longstaff was brilliant and, um, deserves all the bit of praise, but I mean, I need to shout out Fabian Share. He was just unreal, unreal yeah. throughout the match. Just going forward and attacking as well when Newcastle seemed like they needed some some sort of attacking uh, help. He was he was there as well um, to, to help provide the attack. And then, of course, he had just a bunch of just great defensive plays. He had a sliding, ta- sliding challenge, I remember, um, probably in the second half, I want to say. That was also just a key stop. Um, slowing down the Manchester United attack. So shout out to him. Additionally, I want to give a shout out to Karen Clark because expectations were low, and he just overperformed them by a mile. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, he played some some nice over the top balls, um, and just I don't know. He just was was really good in my honest opinion. So shout out to them. Um, and then, I mean, I guess if I'm going to shout out those two, I might as well shout out Jamal ourselves for holding it down and. And being a solid um, piece in the back line, just that back line, those back three just absolutely killed it. And so, shout out to them. Yeah, uh, a couple. We're just going to keep shouting it out here. Uh, oh, yeah. People that definitely deserve more praise, and we have the time to dive into. Uh, Saint Gucci Max, holy crap, yeah. man! Holy crap! <laughs> what what a firecracker! DeAndre Yedlin, an incredible yeah. performance. Um, Sean Longstaff, as well. yeah, I was about oh, to get to Jetro. Yeah. Sean Longstaff completed over ninety percent of his passes. Yeah, that's godly. He also yeah. led Newcastle in key passes. Yeah, and Jetro was second in Newcastle in key passes. Sean had four. Jetro had three, and Jetro had the assist. So great performance by him. And then also, yeah, I'm just I bet you just said everyone on the team. I feel like, but also Joel and Tune. Won nine aerial duels. I cannot remember the yeah. last time that a Newcastle player won nine in a single match. That's insane. I, honestly, I'm I'm thinking the last time a player had that many aerial duels was that aforementioned Rondon match where he had the Alan Shearer-esque goal where he just like absolutely smashed a goal with his like head and it was like top left hand corner or something like that. I'm pretty sure that was the last time I remember a Newcastle player having so many area duels. And, I mean, Miguel Amaron was good as well. This is probably the best he's looked all season. He was finding himself in position in order to score. He was finding himself in position in order to make assists. And so he looked good as well. I mean, honestly, everyone looked yeah. good. Yeah. It was it was insane how just like how tactics can make things better. From, yeah. It's interesting to see the team when there's actual tactics being involved. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, it, it's, it was fun. Cool. Well, we're going to get into your questions and we will do that right after this break. Bam. One thing, you know what we didn't mention, Elijah? What? The Gucci headband came out. Oh yeah. I mean, how did we, we miss that? I did tweet. Yeah. I did tweet. Hey, the Gucci headband means three points. And it was right. Um, that's an interesting scenario. And it, low-key could turn into an article for me because i'm very curious about it um so um if you have been living underneath the rock uh, saint gucci max is known for his gucci headband um, before yeah 
uh, before this match, he hadn't worn it. He'd been wearing a plain black headband. Um, and then he this match, he wore it, but it was covered up. Um, which, essentially, is probably some sort of Premier League policy. Yeah, they're not a... Some sort of Premier League... They're not a sponsor. You know, ...issue with... Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Just know that he wore the he wore the Gucci headband, which is about 270 bucks U.S. dollars and about 180 pounds British dollars. It's an expensive accessory to wear, and to have it covered up is a whole other story. But yeah, shout out to Saint Gucci Max. I mean, he brought the Gucci. Yeah, back. he he didn't. He even had it covered up in legal as well. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of no nos. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did, honestly did not know that he had it covered up in legal. Ugh. Legal. All right, two questions for you. I feel like you're not saying that right. It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to say it like that. All right, two questions for you. Will Watson, at Batman's Milkman. Uh, congrats, Will, on your Raiders victory as well. Ugh. Um, he says, this result will paper over the cracks and give Bruce a bit of breathing space and take some pressure off his shoulders. Agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, especially uh, if we would have gotten slaughtered and then you have the whole international break to think about that. That probably would have been bad. But yeah, you get two weeks off now. Uh, you're, you're on a win against Manchester United. So yeah, like it will, it will clear some up. Um, you yeah, still got a long it, way it, to it, go, but yeah, for sure. He, he gets a deserved break, I think. Yeah. And I mean, to his credit, I mean, he's, he's definitely faced a lot of controversy, um, because of his terrible tactics, but, um, he did do what I thought would be the best thing he could do which was revert back to Rafa's tactics, and he did that. So, I mean, it was. I felt like if you do that, you give yourself a chance to win. And just due to the fact that it's Manchester United, and like they have just been so bad this season, a win against them kind of would get put you off the the books for sure. But it's still a questionable win for sure. I mean, I think one thing that we didn't really mention. Um, throughout the entire kind of podcast is that Manchester United didn't look great. Like we mentioned how good Newcastle looked, but part of how the reason of, of like how good Newcastle looked is just that Manchester United was so bad um, and everything. Like, I mean, you have 60% of possession. You can't even create chances. It's not good. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, the pressure's off Steve Bruce for now, but I mean, best believe if, you know, he doesn't, continue to improve and continue to have some sort of tactical plan the pressure's still going to be on at some point but yeah for now he, he he's fine yeah uh next question is big shell at big shell five why can't we get alan st maximin and gucci having an official collab it hurts not to see gucci max in all his glory will the fine be that much if he just wears Gucci. Like, it just doesn't cover honest, it. Yeah, I mean, I honestly wonder how much the fine is. It must be expensive um, compared to his salary. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I'm not a millionaire, in case any of y'all were wondering. I'm not a millionaire. I wish you were, because I'd be, we'd be, we would do all of these podcasts together yeah. if you were a millionaire. Um, so, I, I, but I do like money. And I would not yeah. do something if, man, I got fined for it every time I did. And 
if it's anything like how the NFL does fines, you're talking thousands of dollars, I'm out. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. I just like money too much. Uh, so yeah, I would imagine. It's interesting. I, I would bet that the fine is more than the than the headband cost, and that's that's yeah. probably the issue. Yeah, I mean, so I, I went to Spotrack, which is Spotrack. If you aren't aware, near sports fan, Spotrack is probably the most accurate site for like any sort of contracts. They kind of give you a really good breakdown of payrolls and stuff, just using kind of common knowledge. And su- surprisingly, they don't have a payroll uh, submittance for um, any of the new signings this this season. So Jesher Williams, Alcee Maximo. Um, any of those guys, but I'm just gonna guess based on like Miguel Amaron makes about 42k. So if you're saying saying Gucci Max makes 50k a week, I think that like a Gucci headband, like that kind of fine being over 10k, something like that would warrant him not wanting to do it. Anything less than 10k means that he's fine doing it. If that makes sense, like, and I I could be, I feel like there's a potential that it could be a very large fine just because like you have to consider how many eyes the Premier League gets. Like not only is it broadcast in England, but it's broadcast in India. It's broadcast in America. It's broad- So like, I think the fine is much larger than we think. If that makes, I don't think it's like a $300 fine. I think it's like a five to 10 K fine for doing something like that. Or he wouldn't have covered it up with tape. Yeah. Correct. All right. Do you have anything else, Elijah? I'm honestly a little shocked Trevor Mooney didn't hit us with a question. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. You, know, he, you can't you can't have them all. No, you can't have them all. Especially after a win too. You just you just hate to see it. You hate to see you it. Trevor, do. step your game up. But I mean, <laughs> uh, other than that, I mean I'm I'm very happy with Newcastle's win, but um like if you're kinda don't I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but Brian wrote an article about um just like the fact that this is kind of like don't take this too too hep- like too don't take this too seriously because it's still Newcastle and it's still Steve Bruce. Like I mean, even if Steve Bruce is using Rafa's tactics, it's still Steve Bruce. There's always the possibility that like this match is a fluke and that we still need to fight for um, our survival. So I'm still just still keep that in the back of your head. Like this is a good win, but Newcastle are still fighting for survival and any win. Is, is obviously a good win, but we need to, to show that we can win games on a consistent basis. And right now, we haven't been able to show that in, in any of our matches. We've we've had a couple one-off wins, and I said this on the last podcast, like it's very Newcastle of them to win a match that public perception says they shouldn't have won. And that's kind of what happened here. Like I kind of predicted that we would potentially beat Man U, and it would kind of blow over and have a, a huge reaction, and it, it did. So, I don't know. I, I'd like to see another win after the international break from Steve Bruce using these tactics, and, and then I'd be happy. Yes. Um, we have a little international break for you, so you won't be hearing from us th- later this week, but we are going to have a nice, juicy announcement for you coming on our next podcast which will be about will be this time next week so stay tuned for that it's pretty exciting stuff uh and then we'll do we'll give you your preview podcast um for for chelsea 
coming up after the break. Come, uh, check out uh, www.cominghomenewcastle.com for all your updates. During the international break, you'll get to keep track of the players and some other stuff that we'll be uh, having out at that right. time. Uh, but yeah. until then, that concludes. Wait, wait, before you close, question for you. And this is kind of a, it's kind of a little, it's a little one to think about. Um, do you think Christian Pulisic starts against Newcastle United? Since our next match is Chelsea. I'm going to say yes. Oh, All right, now can we go? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the only question. All right, well, that concludes episode 88 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. This is the best damn co host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And the beautiful sounding here is a song written for this podcast specifically Coming Home Newcastle. Away the Longstaffs. Love you guys. The dockets and James's park at the Gallagher's end of the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog in St James's Park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother seeing hitting her way I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle 